Good evening, I am Jamie Lynn. Welcome back to Sonic Byways. People of note, striking a chord. And tonight, a couple of fellows of tremendous note. More so than usual, the Dandy Warhols weren't in town recently. And I corralled them by the studio, and the guys have that it factor. I have to say, I was in the presence of bona fide, talented entertainers. And they walked the walk, they looked the part, And I enjoyed the interview so much for a couple reasons. First of all, it was quite unrehearsed. I didn't say all the right things. We didn't always get along, but I enjoyed the banter. I enjoyed the interaction. And most of all, I enjoyed being the presence of these two very talented men and their take on their lifestyle and the candor. I enjoyed their candor. So join me this evening. Much of the interview deals with Dig, which is, quote unquote, a documentary that was made about the Dandy Warhols and a band called the Brian Jonestown Massacre, who I came across actually a few years ago. A friend gave me their CD while I was driving across country, said, I think you really like this. And I thought they were great. And I kind of filed them away. And I saw this movie Dig recently. Um, the Dandy Warhols pretty much tell something different than you see in the movie during the interview. They definitely give a little more insight into what really happened behind the scenes. Their relationship with the Brian Jonestown massacre, apparently not at all what you see in the movie. They call it a movie, not a documentary. So we talk a lot about that, and they set the record straight. And it's kind of like a rolling rockumentary here a little bit without the cameras. No cameras, just audio. So I hope you enjoy. I want to kick it off with a couple songs from the Dandy Warhols to re-familiarize yourself. If for some reason you missed the show or you're scratching your head and like, they sound really cool, but what do they sing again? From 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia. This is Solid on Sonic Byways. So 
Cause I got no thoughts keeping me down I'm thinking blah, 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 blah to your trip Cause I must have a door in the back of
Let's start recording right now. Here, just take one. Hold on, I completely, my fingers and my feet are numb. Why? The elevation. Seven miles of fucking elevation. Jets don't fly this high. God, not very not, well, that's God, true. We are not meant to live here. <laughs> it's not fit for man nor beast. <sighs> okay, let's track one. All right. Danny Warhol's in the studio. I am Jamie Lynn. Sonic Byways. Thanks, guys. Wow, that was uh, toned down for you. Think it's the altitude? Is that why well, you're playing so mellow, as you said? Is that mellow? Band, band it was kind of mellow. Uh, didn't our feel. Band, 
Our did band, not feel mellow to me. Our felt. band's kind of a big slang, psychedelic wall of rock and roll, and um, we can't really play that style with two acoustic guitars, so we have to kind of change the keys and the tempos and stuff, but that was relative. It's very That's what we do. It's a sheer, a sheer white velocity euphoric and you know it's I mean, we're just attempting to expand our consciousness <laughs> with a bunch of antique instruments and uh, at 8,000 feet yeah at any at any at sea level sometimes too which is my f personal favorite we do love uh, Aspen it's great I understand why you guys live here but um, it sure it sure takes some adapting it's weird when you're uh, when you're skiing when you're skiing and you know, working real hard, keen and skiing. I don't really notice the elevation. It doesn't really matter once the blood's at first. And, oh, uh, right, because, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, you just have to channel the elevation towards something productive. Yeah. I think that's what happens. It's strange. It's you a know? lot harder to sing at this elevation. With it. You know, I, we, we saw stars earlier today singing, like actually seeing Yeah, Carly stars. Simon yeah. was in there. Like and a Warner Brothers yeah. cartoon. <laughs> No, yeah, we saw stars singing. Honestly, um, though, honestly, that's never happened to me skiing. Yeah, I've lost my, I've lost all sensation in my fingers and my toes, and just that cold, icy. I think I'm adapting. That one was. It's still that that breathy, sheer velocity. I mean, that's what we have to create this thing um, without distorted guitars. You know, which we still sing like that anyway when we have the wall of distortion. But um, it takes a, a ton of breath. I mean, it's about four times as much as just singing, oh, a note. And you can feel the intensity was sort of like under a lid. If I lifted the lid, it would come out on that song. Yeah. What's that song called? Um, well, They're Gone. While They're Gone. While well, They're Gone. It's on the new album. Yeah, it's on This Machine, our new record, which is what we should be um, directing people towards if they, yes. like, if they like that kind of thing or need that sort of thing sonically to happen in their lives. Your 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia. You guys put that out. You called it a psychedelic rock record in the heyday of the boy bands. How did that? How did they go over? It yeah, changed it, everything. It definitely bridged. It it opened the way for the two thousands and hmm. a lot of amazing bands. You know, I mean, yeah, we 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 got to really all of a sudden love the bands and you know that were getting big like the Strokes mm -hmm. and these Jack White, you know, and the White Stripes and they were. These were kids who, you know, would come to see our shows when we were touring in a van, you know, years before. And then we had, the, you know, kind of a bizarre hit two years after it was released and flopped, of course. Um, actually, all our records flopped when they came out. And then a year and a half to two years later, they got kind of reissued and released mm -hmm. and got big. And then other bands um, got really big, you know, that were that were friends of ours or kids that were just, you know, kind of fans and were around. And that was... A really amazingly fun thing to have happen. All of a sudden, you get to see these awesome musicians at exotic places in Europe, playing festivals together and hanging out during the day, like a dream. Like what your 14-year-old? I want to be in a band. I want to be an artist surrounded only by other artists who we enjoy each other's company. That it got fulfilled, you know. I saw Dig recently, and we won't that, spend a I lot of time on it. I gotta tell you, that's, that is a movie. It's not a documentary. It might be, I wasn't there for a lot of the Anton stuff, but for us, I think only the French cops and my... Um, I liked that incident. <laughs> and, my, um, and my rant as I'm turning my shirt inside out, which is how you clean your shirt on tour, 
Um, Aha, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> pretty um, much skiing, too. I need um, to turn this one inside out really a, I think those are the only <laughs> two unprompted scenes, activities, dialogue, anything that I could tell of in our... Really? In our... That's kind of interesting. Well, I just basically refused to be in it by telling her that uh, don't ever film me with a beer or a cigarette. She goes, but you always have a cigarette and a beer. And I was like, well, yeah. You're like, exactly. But I just knew that would eliminate the dumb, dumb, drunken late night stuff where she really liked oh. to break her camera out. I knew that that's when. That's, well, Corby, we weren't. Corby sitting there, something we like this, very... saying really cool things, really interesting. She'd be sitting right over there, just like using her cell phone. Yeah. Later that night, everyone's drinking, getting stupid, and saying crazy things, and acting, you know, acting like you are when you're drunk at a party. And suddenly the camera's out, you know. And I was like. I noticed that, like, on the third day I met her, I was going, wait a second, Court just said something really brilliant, she didn't notice, and now he, now he's acting like an asshole, and she's filming it. There were, you know? There's a lot of telling us what to say, too. A lot of that, too, but I we noticed just that, that's why, that's we were, why I, got my, I got my interview done in the shower, because in Spinal Tap, the drummer gets his interview done in the bathtub, I told her that's where we're doing it, but <laughs> she, we, we did, we yes, did like three, three or four hotels in a row that she was out with us, there's no bathtub, so finally she had to fly out, and she really needed it, so I said, okay, we'll do it in the shower, it's the same gag, it's the absurd yeah. access to the band, you know, right. so I got like the shower cap on with my head out, doing like an interview, like in the shower. Right, she's got the inside scoop, do you want to go into professional <laughs> journalism? Filming in the shower. Like, Have access. <laughs> Superstars. <laughs> and the curtain just parts. That well, you know what I got? Huge. I mean, it didn't seem staged, but what I got overall from that movie was that you guys just have, seem to be having a lot of fun. A lot more fun than we perhaps have, the other band you were up against. We have a lot more fun. We were not up against anybody. Okay, Those are, up that against. is our best friend. Those are our best this friends all stage, of another saying. band. Well, I don't know what they were doing, but we certainly had no idea that we were supposed to be in a rivalry with our friggin' best we friends. We spent years together we playing didn't know shows, that until we traveling. saw the movie. But um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that I was had absolutely we, no idea. That's but when I, I found the out. The thing is, is with two thousand hours and seven years of footage, you can chop it up to be about my mother, if you want to, you know. Sure. Just make it about my just mom. Just kind of extrapolate what. Yeah, what just you want make a movie about my mom, out of that footage. You probably do it. So she chose to make a Jerry Springer, you know, just eliminated everything decent, just grabbed the worst days, the worst edited together. So is there anything anyone can learn from you truthfully from that movie, or we should just move on? Um, edit it yourself. Always edit it yourself. Always, mm -hmm. always do it. I mean, that's, we got stung super hard, and it's like, wow, we walked, we just walked into anything. Mm -hmm. It sucked, man. I was. It's it's a long time ago now, and the, and the the farther away it gets, the better it is for me, you know. I think it's actually one of the greatest movies ever made. Flat out, it's an incredible film. It's entertaining. There's a lot of really intelligent people in it. Um, it makes you feel like you're experiencing the struggles of trying to make it in the music business, which, you know, I don't know, we're just struggling to try to get to the next gig and play a good concert and, and touch some people. But um, if Anton went around kicking people in the head every single day and shooting tons of dope, passing out, you know, quitting the band every day, he wouldn't have those eight people in his band that have been in his band for like 12 years 12 years those people aren't crazy they're talented musicians they wouldn't hang around a psychopath i mean he's a 
He's an interesting guy. He's a great. You know, we just three weeks ago we just took our girls out to dinner together, me and Anton, and you know, he's just spent the day together and like, you know, you will. You do you want to interview him? He's one of the smartest people you'll meet. Oh no, he looked amazing. He just looked at. No, he didn't look amazing. He looked no, like he a dick. looked. Um, no, he looked. <laughs> come he looked on, like what? a dr- bitter you know, and jealous, you know, weird, drunk, creative yeah, megalomaniac. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Somehow she convinced me to get super wasted, about you know whatever ten times over eight years, and act and just go, go bananas. And he did, and he has a you know a great career, and people know who his band is now. But he had to suffer through people throwing shit at him on stage, trying to get a fight, because it misrepresented them the way it misrepresented us. And we had to deal with it hands-on, not through a movie theater. We had to show up and have the kind of fans there that we don't want actually to be into our music. And it's taken years for those people to go away and for the people we what like kind of fans do you want? to come back the kind of people we have they're just kind of smart maybe a little bit outsider but not freaks not angry not mm-hmm. you know frustrated probably uh, maybe a little higher IQ than anyone else and mm-hmm. but not you know troubled all angry. all ages all different yeah. ages whole families and really young people gothics you know just all sorts of different kinds of people and also and yeah all, all everyone is way into just music and the way it feels, there's not a big, it's not a big fashion statement for any of our fans to be Dandy Warhols fans. Really, it's just yeah, we're not. It's not cool to be into the Dandy Warhols. Yeah, they're just unless you're into the with, Dandy Warhols. Obsessed you know? with the music and the way it works and how the songs are written and the textures and the way we perform and stuff. They're real obsessed with the music. They don't. Yeah, that's it. That's the fan. That's the, who we care about. Well, we care about is the people who actually need this the way we need this. And they like it, and they need it the way we produce it, and whatever you know, like how much muscle versus how much kind of mind-opening expansion. But you have to have some realism and some darkness, and you have to reflect your position on life. And then your music will appeal to people that you would like to hang out with, and hopefully like everyone that. else, everyone else will ignore you. That's the hope. Just leave us <laughs> to our lovely people, you know.
Yeah, kind of I like it. I like doing this when that hissy, explosive compression makes it sound like Iron Maiden. Except <laughs> totally it, you know what I mean? Like I just wave. No, yeah, it's hopefully hard it goes, so this it, is really Will it go out sounding like that? Like it does in the headphone? Everything's perfect. Yeah, good. All right. Swift, rain won't lift, the gate won't close, the railings froze. So put your mind off the winter time, feeling going nowhere. I can't do this, my forehead, I have to warm up Let's in a very way. loud way. Okay, here we go.
Oh, that's very cool. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks for uh, spreading a little more truth about the band. And Oh, you know, I just get going on that top. It's so... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to incite yeah. you to riot. Yeah. I was going to bring oh, out the it, good it points would. about would, you guys. <laughs> I can't scream loud. But yeah, that sounded great. You guys have a really cool board and a great setup here. This is fantastic. Thanks. I'm glad you joined us. Kind of cozy. I, I'd like to join your fans. That's all right. My IQ might be you slightly higher than average. I'm not sure. It's been a while since testing. We're <laughs> good. Yeah, I think you, you already did. <laughs> and there you have it. You've witnessed for yourself. Dig a movie. An award-winning blockbuster film, but not a documentary. Brent DeBoer and Courtney Taylor Taylor in the studio from the Dandy Warhols. Brent played drums magnificently on stage later in the evening, and he played guitar really well here, too. I just love the musical interaction, the toned-down interaction between these two. Brent was more, I'd say, a little more accessible to me. Courtney, lead singer and definitely putting out that rock star vibe. And that's a good thing. I mean, in in a good way. He had this presence about him. He said whatever was on his mind. Yeah, there were a few edits here and there. Just kind of took over this beautiful studio and enjoyed it. Apparently, I was kind of psyched that they liked the acoustics here. So let's hear from Brian Jones' Town Massacre. Did not get to interview Anton, the lead singer, but apparently a beautiful human being according to Courtney. And the two bands hang out to this day. So let's hear some of the music from the Brian Jonestown Massacre. And we'll hear some more from the Dandy Warhols as well. Here's the Brian Jonestown Massacre with one I can totally relate to. It's called Convertible on Sonic Byways.
You're tuned to Sonic Byways. I'm Jamie Lynn. That was the Danny Warhols with probably their main signature tune, Bohemian Like You, signed Dandy Warhols. Love that one. A little more plugged in. That was the sound I was referring to in the interview. And the Brian Jonestown Massacre as well at the top with Convertible. We're featuring a little mini show between these two bands this evening. Let's hear another one from BJM. Here's She Made Me on Sonic Byways.
You're tuned to Sonic Byways. I'm Jamie Lynn. The Danny Warhol's there and Brian Jonestown Massacre before that. A slightly softer side from both those bands. That last one called The Gospel and Brian Jonestown Massacre with She Made Me. Okay, so here's the song. The song that kind of made people wonder what exactly was going on. So Brian Jonestown Massacre released a song called Not If You Were the Last Dandy on Earth. And it's kind of a rockin' song. Perhaps after hearing the expose, you might hear a little more in the lyrics, tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. So let's enjoy it together for whatever it's worth. Not if you're the last dandy on earth. Here's the Brian Jones Town Massacre talking about their friends, the Dandy Warhols tonight on Sonic Byways. That's the Brian Jonestown Massacre on Sonic Byways. Not if you're the last dandy on earth. You know, I definitely see the humor in that song, even before talking with these guys. So I think it's kind of a cool song to have written about you in a lot of ways. I am Jamie Lynn. Thanks once again for tuning in to Sonic Byways. A real treat tonight. Speaking with the dandy Warhols, or a couple members, Courtney Taylor-Taylor and Brent DeBoer, not present with me in the studio, Zia McCabe 
and Peter Holmstrom, searing guitarist Peter Holmstrom. But they were present on stage, so if you didn't catch the show, put them on your radar, the Dandy Warhols. Tune in next week for more merriment here on Sonic Byways. I'm going to leave you one last song from the band. I like this one. actually just discovered it. We will fade out of Sonic Byways with the Dandy Warhols and Country Lever. Well, I'm gone.